Hey friend, if you are tired of feeling tossed around by the busyness and heaviness of life, if you've had enough of that sneaking suspicion that you just aren't good enough, good enough for your kids, your husband, your friends, your dreams, or your to-do list, if you want to be done with feeling rushed around from one half to to the next, then I want to invite you in to Unshaken Rain. Because frantic, frazzled, and pushed around by life's worries and trials and fears, that's not who you are, sister, and you don't have to put up with it anymore. You are a daughter of God. That means you are royalty. You are uniquely positioned to spread hope and peace here on earth. Listen, I know that this life is full of twists and turns and disappointments. I know that the heartache can feel absolutely crushing. I've totally been there. But that is not what we are defined by. I'm done with that place, and you can be too. So come find freedom from the heaviness. Get immersed in the truth of who you are and discover the practical tools you have available to you so that you can stand steady in the face of life's uncertainties. You are more than a conqueror, my friend. You totally rule. I'm Corey Halleck, and this is Unshaken Rain. Hi, welcome to episode four of Unshaken Rain. Today, I want to start the discussion about what it looks like to reign in your life. You know, that's the title of the podcast, Unshaken Rain. And I want to talk about what that means to me to um, to operate in life from a position of reigning as a queen, really, as royalty and with authority in your life. Because I have lived run by life, right? I was run by thoughts about how I should be, run by people's words or thoughts about me, run by other people's expectations or my own expectations or my husband's expectations. I was run by busyness. And even in seasons when I didn't actually have all that many deadlines, I'd make them for myself somehow just to keep myself in a place of anxiety. I've been run by my husband's health and I have lived a smaller life than I could have under the shadow of pain and despair because of our health journey together with him. I've been run by my schedule and by all the things that I think I really ought to be able to get done in a day. Um, I've been run by trying to be skinnier or trying to fix my hormones. Um, I've been run by trying to keep my husband happy and just knuckling down and trying really hard to not be any of the ways that annoy him. I've been run by his emotions rather than giving place to mine. I've been run by money and the feeling that we're constantly too poor for anything good. And that's just the way it's always going to been going to be. And I've been run big time by fear and anxiety and panic attacks and anxiety attacks um, that I've had for that I had for many years. And then that like escalated and blossomed into a postpartum anxiety and panic disorder situation. Um, and this, these are just a lot of things that I, looking back over my life, I'm like, oh my gosh, those things were so dictating how I operated, how I made my choices. And this one time a few years ago, I was told that I 
stand arrogantly. And that little comment sent me, as you can imagine, given all these things that I was being run by, it totally sent me on a tailspin for quite a while. I obsessed over how I might possibly be giving off unintentional bad messages. It was such a trap. I was probably just trying to like look skinny and have good posture and posture and stand up straight. But bam, someone else's issues, because by the way, that comment was not truly about me at all. It was about their issue. And their issue cost me hours of anxiety as I worried about how I was coming across and when all I want is to care for people and encourage them. But even though that event caused me a lot of pain and brain work, I'm really thankful for it because it also caused me to investigate why people's thoughts and comments about me were affecting me so much. It brought to a head the fact that I was being run by what others thought of me, especially my family or my husband or people I looked up to. And I realized that this was a big issue and that I was listening to what humans thought of me more than what my father God thought of me. And I saw how I have just been driven by expectations of how I should look, sound, act, think, etc. The list goes on. So now I've been working for years to realign these pathways in my head that want to go straight to anxiety and to fill those places instead with the truth of who God is and who he says I am. And thankfully, I have seen some incredible breakthrough. Of course, it's not totally over. My journey's not over. And we all still have things that we struggle with. But it is so different up in my brain, you guys. The The chatter has quieted so much in the last couple of years. And I want to just share some of the things that I found worked really well for me and and helped me to put into practice some things that I think needed to happen in my life so that the anxiety and the accusation could calm down. I had to undergo kind of a complete heart and mind shift in order to form new patterns of thought. Um, because it's not enough actually to just choose in a moment to think and be different. That's not really sustainable. It's like a New Year's resolution, right? It's going to need a plan and steps and accountability. Otherwise, at some point, it's going to get too hard or, you know, three days after New Year's, it's a Tuesday and, you know, you kind of just needed to do laundry that day and you forgot about your New Year's resolution and then it's over. You have to, you still have to come though to that point of decision, like enough, okay? Like just that wake up moment. But you need steps and a plan and consistency in order to create a new habit. So if your New Year's resolution is to like up level the cleanliness of your home, but you don't instill new systems and patterns and get the whole family on board, then the clutter and the mess and the disorganization is all going to come right back. I had to really pay attention to many areas in my life and set up some new systems in order to get my whole self on board with maintaining these new patterns and kind of supporting and buffering up these new trains of thought that I was building into my heart and soul. So in no particular order, I'm going to list um, the things that there's seven things that I really can look back on and see that they caused significant shifts in 
the the brain attack and as these places have shifted i have found the the stability and the power to to have a stance of reigning in my life so while they're not in any particular order i do think that number 1 is the most important and that is that i started spending time with the lord That might sound weird because I was raised in a Christian home. I've been going to church since I was a couple days old. Um, I grew up hearing about people's quiet times and stuff like that and Bible studies. And yet as an adult, I did not have a very good established time of being in scripture or being in the Lord and really meditating on him and with him. And so I started getting really intentional about that. I just kind of felt in my spirit, I could feel him like calling to me, like, come spend time with me. I want to get to know you. And I want you to get to know me um, more than just in scripture. Like I want to spend time with you. So I started getting intentional about that for really the first time in my life. Um, And that kind of leads into step number two, because you can't, um, I mean, you can, a lot of times I will pray and talk to the Lord while I'm doing other things, but I do think it's also really important to spend time just with him. And so I also started spending more time either with myself or on myself, just in a place of rest and self-care. I had to learn to love myself. And I know it sounds weird, but, and, and I, a lot of people, I know, kind of think of that like, oh, okay, like you have to love yourself. But I did have to put myself in a place of honor and honor my body and honor my rest and be able to come to those restful places where I could meet with the Lord without having running lists of grocery store and to-do lists and projects going on in my head. So I had to also really care for myself and learn how to get into those calm places. And then number three, I started really working on my hormones and my diet. And that kind of seems not very spiritual in some ways, except that it totally is because we are the temple of the Lord and how we care for ourselves is really how we prepare our bodies to be indwelt by his Holy Spirit. Um, And my body was just in a really funky place. My husband has his own much more extreme health issues. And so it had been, I kind of had put my own health and my body on the back burner for quite a while. Um, And I was in a bad place because of it. My hormones were wonky. I didn't feel like I could exercise well. I was always exhausted. um, And I didn't eat great. I mean, I ate okay, but it it was also out of like a have to, like I got to eat healthy to be skinny or whatever. It wasn't like I was nourishing my body and taking pride in what I was eating and how I was taking care of myself. Um, and even exercise also came into this a lot. I started working out and getting strong and feeling like I was celebrating the Lord and his creation by being healthy and strong and, um, yeah, just nourishing my body. So that was number three. Then number four was, 
and this is for many women, especially women in the months and years postpartum, is to resist isolation. It can be really easy to just want to stay home in your PJs all day. Um, but community is so important so that you have people to talk to. Now, for me, I'm a little bit of a weird person in this because I tend to hide in community. So I am a pretty social person, but when I'm there in place in social places, I tend to be just having fun and joking and laughing. And I love being out and being social, but I'm not necessarily sharing the depths of what's going on for me or, or really confiding in people. So for me, the best way for me to resist isolation is to find just a couple people who I check in with um, to let them know kind of what's really going on because I, yeah, I tend to just kind of overexert myself in public and then I get home and I'm actually more tired than I was um, before I went out. So I've actually had to take some seasons of retreat and kind of withdrawal from being around a lot of people all at once and just be really intentional about who I am connecting with and um, taking the time to be with and share with. So but still, resisting isolation is really important. And then number five, I started serving other women. And I've always been somebody who loves to serve women and be involved in different ministry things. But I really felt a few years ago like I wanted to serve women in some significant moments in their life. And so I became a birth doula. And I have had the honor of attending many women now and their spouses at the birth of their children um, and just serving them and honoring them and protecting the environment that they have chosen for their birth and just speak um, and speak words that are life-giving and encouraging and empowering to her and her spouse while they are there going through something so transformative and I really love doing that because it is a completely outside of myself just pouring into other people time um, when it's very easy to feel isolated and lonely when you're up all night um, going through labor and anybody who's been in labor knows knows that place a little bit how it can feel just really um, lonely yeah and so it's my honor to get to stay with those couples throughout the night and support them while they're working on bringing baby earth side then number six I began to really suss out what it means to take every thought captive and this has been quite a journey for me and I'm really thankful for the places that the Lord has led me to in this and it's actually it's it's information for a whole other podcast episode and I'm working on putting it into um, a bit of a workshop format because God took me on so many steps and taught me so many things um, to help me learn how it actually looks to take thoughts captive and replace them almost manually override my brain into what he thinks about me. Um, and so that was a weak muscle for me. It was a real strong mind workout. And I'm, of course, still working on this because the enemy is incessant in his attack. And so there's there's constantly places where we can grow more in shutting him down 
and and choosing what the Lord thinks about us and what the Lord says is true over these little nitpicky things that keep attacking us. Hey, this seemed like a good spot for a little commercial break. I want to tell you quickly about this awesome free guide that I made. See, I battled for so long with the negative self-talk and brain chatter going on in my noggin, and really, I thought I was alone in it. But then as I started sharing with my friends and talking about my struggle, I realized they were all experiencing this too. So I dove into a journey of figuring out how to practically take my thoughts captive. Because I'm a dreamer, but I'm also a concrete steps person, and I had heard the concept, but I didn't really understand how to take action. But through times with Jesus and digging into his word, I started finding some tools and strategies, and you guys, it's been working. I started taking back territory in my mind that had been inhabited for so long by evil little lying squatters. Some of these thoughts were so ingrained that I honestly thought they belonged there. And as the lies got uprooted and that space became more filled with God's truth, I realized I've got to share this. So I poured it all out. Silence the Haters is your launch guide to shushing the thought bullies in your head. It's not super long, but it takes you on a little journey of identifying diminishing thoughts, holding them up to Jesus, and then sticking them right where they belong. So I really hope you check it out. You can click the link in the show notes or you can head over to coreyhallock.com forward slash silence the haters and pop in your email so I can send that to you and you can get right to work thrashing the bozos in your brain and be free from that nonsense. Okay, let's get back to the episode. So number seven, which was a really fun one, was that we began seeing a counselor together and one-on-one, but mostly together, um, we wanted to see some breakthrough and some more freedom in our marriage. We weren't like on the rocks and leaving each other, but we were stuck in patterns. And we did find ourselves kind of coming back around and continually causing each other pain and frustration in these same places. And we'd try to fight about it and talk it through and come to some understanding. And then lo and behold, here we'd come back around at it again. And so we just really wanted to break out of those patterns. So where we had both been looking to the other one to fix our stuff, we we really decided it was time for us to go and get some counseling help so that we could fix our own stuff. And as we began to walk in that, we've seen a lot of breakthrough in our marriage too. And that's been really exciting. So as I began to walk in these, kind of in these seven things, and again, there's probably more, but these are like the big ones that I saw significant life changes after. And as I began to walk in these things, the attacks on my ability to stand strong in my life started to fade. I had formulated an action plan I was working on getting my hormones in check, so I wasn't all over the place emotionally. I was nourishing my body, exercising, learning how to shut down the enemy, learning how to be more unified with my husband, and I began to feel freedom in my head to reign as royalty in my thoughts and in my life. And as the dust of these things started to settle, I could see more clearly who I am what I want, what I need, and what I can offer to people around me. And those thoughts of self-accusation that would ring in my head, I learned how to answer them, sometimes out loud, and shut them down. Now, it didn't happen overnight. It took about a year 
actually from the time I noticed, from the time I recognized that what was going on for me was postpartum anxiety. From that time, uh, it took about a year for the majority of those crippling thought patterns to fade away. And I still, every now and then, will get kind of sideswiped by some of those irrational thoughts. Um, But over time, I've learned how to take authority over those thoughts and over that place in my brain that wants to spin out wildly into a place of frantic anxiety, you know? Um, And so for me, anxiety, panic, those things will still try sometimes to, sometimes to attack me. But where I used to just kind of busy through and choose more projects and do more stuff, I've actually learned now how to take a beat and ask myself, why am I feeling anxious? What can be done about that right now? And where do I need to just surrender to the Lord? And through all of this, I've learned so much about how to walk through my life from a position of power and royalty. And this is what I want for you too. Because if you were a queen, and I would argue that you are, so since you are a queen, if you were out walking through your kingdom and someone started screaming, attacking threats and lies at you and your children and your value as a queen, you would shut that you know what down right? So don't put up with these attacking thoughts that seek to diminish your potency. Take authority in your thought life. When you think about yourself, ask yourself, is this how the Lord sees me? It doesn't mean that there is no room for development. You probably have things that still need refining and changing and repentance. Of course, we all do. But ask God to show you the difference between just the settled conviction that it's time for something to change and condemnation that lies and tells you how messed up you are. Because the Lord might bring you to a place of repentance and cause you to see and believe a new truth, but he doesn't condemn you. He used all that up on Jesus. So spend some time with him. Get grounded in who you are And then allow your heart to shift and your thoughts to shift in how you view things. We talked in the previous episode about how you are a queen. And I have more exciting identity episodes to do in the future. But I also want to encourage you because I can say all sorts of things on a podcast. But I want to encourage you to go spend some time with the Lord and just ask him to pour into you and pour over you who you are to him. I believe that you can reign in your life and in your thoughts and in your actions. And it comes from the life source of Jesus as he speaks your identity into you and over you. And from there, it will flow out. And it has flowed out for me into changes in my marriage, changes in my friendships and family relationships, Changes in my health, changes in my body and how I eat, changes in how I run my home, my little queendom, changes in our finances and how we view finances, changes in how we operate and how we stand steady in unsteady times, uncertain times. Um, 
we're going through times even right now that are really uncertain and feel unsteady. And yet somehow we're really happy and we're really good together. And our family feels so full and special. We have learned how to operate from a place of more strength, even during times of pain and in the face of fear. And I want to speak more about each of these places over time, but I wanted to start off with that deep one, that reigning in your thoughts, the one that happens in your own head and your own heart, how you position your self, your mind, your intentions to, to stand in a place of worth and authority because this is who your father says you are. So I hope that this was encouraging for you today. I hope that you look around yourself and think, yes, I can reign in my life. This is who I am. And I hope that this changes how, how you go about your day, even today. So I hope you are blessed. You totally rule, my friend. I'll talk to you later. All right, friends, that's it for now. But I would love to interact with you and get to know you more. So come find me on Facebook or Insta. Let's hang out. If you loved this episode, give it a like or a share or both. And be sure to leave a review on iTunes so that others can find us and be part of the fun. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back soon with more Unshaken Rain.